Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, this is Jim Galliano. Thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. This is the podcast where we talk about things that will help a solo entrepreneur, freelancer, business owner excel in the digital business space, the digital marketing space online. And today we're going to talk a little bit about building an effective sales funnel. We'll be talking a bit about the buyer journey. If you combine the two, I look at them as being one and the same thing. It's just a different way to describe what it is that we're doing. So if you can imagine what a funnel looks like, you have the wide top at the beginning, and that's where people enter in, and it narrows as you go down to the bottom. And of course, the higher ticket items are located at the bottom. Sometimes people buy a high ticket item, they're high ticket purchasers. That's just the type of individuals they are. They have the budget to do it, and that entire journey, so to speak, can take place within a matter of minutes. Other times, it's more of a longer, drawn-out type of thing. So if you look at the buyer journey, the word journey more or less indicates that it does take a little bit of time. Whereas the sales funnel, and again, they're basically the same thing, but it's just a different way of looking at the process. And I think it's important to look at it different ways because if what you're doing isn't working, then maybe you need to look at what you're doing from a slightly different angle. Now, everyone understands the importance of attracting and converting potential clients and customers in order to grow your business. And the sales funnel, in a lot of ways, especially when you're planning it out, works like a roadmap, and it helps you plan the process of guiding a prospect through each stage of, let's call it their journey, from the initial awareness that you exist, that your products exist, to making a purchase. And by understanding how to set a system like that up and to be able to tweak and optimize or improve it, uh, your sales funnel, your buyer journey, whatever label you want to put on it, then you over time are increasing your chances of turning these leads into maybe lifelong customers. Now, in our current time, what's different about our time as compared to, let's say, five years ago? One of the things I think that's obviously different is that attention spans are getting shorter and shorter and shorter all the time. I know even for myself, I may have several tabs open and I may open a tab and I'm reading something that's of interest to me, but then my mind tells me that I have to get back to what I was looking at at the previous tab, continue a conversation with someone or open my email. The bottom line is, is that our attentions are more fractured today, our attention spans than I think ever before. And a lot of times that happens because we're not conscious of it as it's happening. If we really become conscious of it, then we begin to shut things down and we take steps to make it easier for us to focus on whatever it is that we're doing. But hopefully the information that I give you in today's episode will give you enough to think about where you can actually take some steps that will help you build uh, a better, designed sales funnel, a better design buyer journey, one that works more effectively, captures leads, and if that's the thing that you're struggling with. So today we'll talk about the key components of a sales funnel. You know, I was just thinking that sometimes marketing in today's world has almost become a parody of itself. 
because let me just take a little side, a quick side journey here. I like to watch the uh, European football, I guess we'll call it. I'm here in America where we call it soccer, but I like to watch what goes on in the in the UK and the different divisions there on the world stage. And of course, you know, the, the world, the national teams playing one another, qualifying for the World Cup and all of that. And I really started following it on a weekly basis about, I don't know, six or seven years ago, maybe a little bit longer. And so I get a lot of news items relative to different players, what's happening, trades that are being made. And I've never seen uh, such a high amount of clickbait in the articles surrounding football, European football, anywhere else. I mean, it's amazing. It's almost like they've turned the sport into a soap opera. What's happening, what might be happening, what somebody said about somebody else behind the scenes. I mean, it's just a daily thing that goes on and on and on. Matter of fact, it got to the point where even I, who enjoy the sport, have to shut it down after a while. Now, when I talk about bringing it back to marketing and sales funnels and buyer journeys, the reason why I brought that up is because we've heard these definitions for years. We've watched videos, we've read ebooks, maybe even taken courses on these things. And still, it turns up time and time again that seem, people seem to be struggling in the very same areas that they've always been struggling in. So is it the person? Is it the information? Is it a combination of both things? Well, honestly, I think that everything comes back to the product. Because if people don't want the product that badly, then creating a more effective sales funnel isn't necessarily going to boost sales. As a matter of fact, it probably won't. If people really don't want what you have, then, and I know there's a way in marketing where we can make something seem more appealing and more valuable than it actually is. So for example, if I wanna talk about building an effective sales funnel, I already know as the creator of this information that this topic has been done to death. So I may turn around to do something like, and this unfortunately is how marketing has become. I may turn around and say, sales funnels no longer work. It's not you. I'm sure you've bought the courses. I'm sure you've read the books and you're still struggling to build an effective sales funnel. Hi, my name is Jim Galliano and I've been in marketing for X number of years and I understand exactly where you're at today because I was in the same place myself. However, I discovered another system, one that almost no one is talking about. And once I learned and implemented the, a few simple steps, I was able to throw all of my sales funnels out and simplify the entire marketing and sales process. And I want to share the information on how this was done in a short ebook with you. Now, normally I might sell this ebook for $97, but I really empathize with the struggle that you're having. And therefore, I want to make it available for a very short time for only $7. And then you, you hear what I'm saying and you begin to imagine yourself getting rid of all of these complex sales funnels, getting rid of all of these complex uh, buyer processes and implementing the system that I'm sharing with you right now. It's gonna fix all of your problems. And then what happens is the marketer basically says the same thing, gives you the same plan using different words. I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of that because when I went through my own learn how to market effectively journey online back in the late 1990s, I bought thousands of dollars worth of products thinking that somebody had stumbled onto some kind of system that if I didn't buy it from them, I wouldn't be able to get it from anyone else. So there's very few people that knew about it. And that's just not the case. 
The reality is, and let's put all of the systems and everything else aside for a minute, I do believe in systems because a system helps you do something over and over and over again, right? Fast food restaurants, they use a system so that no matter who comes into that kitchen, they're going to get a product that's the same on the, on the other end. From the beginning to the end, they're going to get a product that's consistent at a certain level, right? So we know that systems do work. You use systems in your work. Maybe it's how you plan things out. Maybe it's how you run your business. So it's not, it's not the system that's the problem. So now we can bring this concept over to marketing, and it's the same thing. It's not really the marketing system. Sometimes it's a problem. It's the product that's in the system. And so once you learn about systems and you learn how they work, then it's easier for you to judge whether your system is the problem or your product is the problem. Because we can't, unless we want to manipulate people, and, and that is a kind of marketing through sales copy, then and make them seem like we have something that's better than it actually is and happens all of the time. Now, sometimes we're guilty for that. Sometimes we want to believe something so badly that we make ourselves believe that it's true and it's not. But I'm just bringing this up here on the front end before I jump into this topic. I don't want to belabor it too much longer. But what I'm saying is, is that the desire for products comes and goes. And some products, and now I'm talking from the, the big picture overview, some products that were popular five years ago will come back again and be popular again. There's windows of opportunity that are available in the online business world where people want to learn about a, a certain topic or want to buy certain things related to a topic more than they do at other times. That's just business. And it fluctuates. Business does fluctuate. So I'm saying that because you can be doing all the right things and still not have the kind of sales numbers that you're after simply because your market has cooled off relative to them purchasing that kind of product. Okay, I just so I'm just want to put it out there in black and white so you can see it. So you're not always trying to tweak something that's not broken. Okay. Now, before we go any further, today's episode is sponsored by two of my own marketing resources, the Digital Strategist Newsletter and the One-to-Many System. The Digital Strategist Newsletter is my monthly newsletter. It's available at jimsnewsletter.com. It's absolutely free. You don't have to pay a dime for it. And every month, I write an article or two that's designed to help you maybe navigate your own marketing strategy a little more effectively, give you some thoughts and insights that can help you in a practical way. So if you haven't already done so, head over to jimsnewsletter.com, sign up, back issues are available there as well. Now the one-to-many system, that is my big course. I go over everything from A to Z. This is basically my lifetime experience packaged into this specific course. Now it's designed to give you a complete scalable marketing strategy and system along with the website and content creation pieces so that you can have everything together. Like I said, it's the culmination of my 25 plus years in doing business online. That's available at one-to-many-system.com. So go ahead, watch. There's a webinar there. Now, let me just say that when we talk about systems, the same thing would apply to the one-to-many system. You have to have the product that people want. When you have the product that people want and you set up an automated system, then it's like, (laughs) it's like everything works. It's like you finally, you're at the mountaintop. But even if you're at the mountaintop, you have to recognize that you don't just sit back and rest and just assume that it'll just keep on keeping on. You always want to be aware of changes in the marketplace, changes in what people are finding valuable, and you adjust your products and services accordingly. 
All right, let's keep on going. So understanding the sales funnel marketing journey, it is a crucial component when it comes to marketing and sales. The sales funnel, we can say, represents the journey that a potential customer, your potential customer, is going to go through from their initial awareness that you exist to making a purchase from you. And oftentimes, it's easier when we divide this into stages and each stage has its own unique characteristics, its own unique objectives. And I want to just give you a brief explanation how, how these stages work in the context of a marketing funnel or a buyer's journey. Okay, Stage number one is the awareness stage. And this is where people become aware that you exist. The prospect sees you on Instagram. They see you on Twitter. They see you on Facebook or somewhere else. They find you during a search. The awareness stage is when the person is aware that they do have a problem, they do have a need, they do want something that they currently don't have. And at this stage, the focus is on capturing the attention of that target audience and creating what you might call brand awareness. So marketing efforts are focused on attracting and engaging maybe a wide audience through various channels maybe your blog, social media, advertising, SEO, all of that. And the goal is to generate those initial leads for people to become aware of who you are, and then you're able to move them to the next stage. Now, a lot of people that I know, they're great at the awareness stage, but they drop off after that. Matter of fact, this affects experienced people, the drop off, I think more than anything else, because I've been there Myself, I was there recently with something I was doing online because I recognized the fact that when you're experienced and you've been around for a while and you're used to getting more business by referrals, it's so easy to get lazy because you know what it's like to have someone refer someone to you and that um, initial, um, I don't know if you want to call it stress or whatever it is that you don't know the person, the person doesn't know you and you're, you're kind of that initial stage of sell, selling something. Well, that's really not there as strongly when someone is referred to you. They already know who you are. You've already been approved, so to speak, maybe by one or more people. And a lot of times today, they've already checked you out a little bit too. Maybe they've gone online, went to your website. They've looked you up on social media. I do that. I don't know if you guys do it, but I'm sure a lot of people do it that way. And so they're more aware of who you are in the beginning stages than ever before. But that brings us to the interest stage. In the interest stage, the prospect is showing interest in your product or your service, and they're actively seeking more information, and they're exploring maybe several different solutions. So they're, you're, they're looking at what you have, and they're looking at what other people have that are similar to you. And at this stage, the focus shifts to providing really valuable content, educational resources, so that you can build trust with people. Now, a lot of times I do this over the phone. So if someone calls me and they've been referred to me, okay, that, that, that level is a little bit different because they already know who I am. Somebody's already talked me up to them. And from that point, when we talk on the phone, I'll get a feel for what it is that they want to do, what they're trying to accomplish, maybe what their budget is. I'll ask them some questions. I'll tell them what makes me unique as compared to maybe people that they've done business with in the past. And I'll do all that. And so I'm actually educating them a little bit on the phone. I'm letting them know what their options are, why these are the uh, preferable options as opposed to maybe what they've done in the past, ways their problem can be solved. I'm doing all of that 
on the on the phone. However, if you have more of an automated system, this is something that has to happen using some kind of automation. So maybe you do it by a webinar. I like doing things by webinar, but honestly, most people aren't going to sit through a long webinar at this point in time. Most people are going to sit through it. They'll sit through a shorter webinar, which, you know, in my mind, it depends on what kind of product it is that you're selling. You don't need a long webinar to sell a $7 or $10 ebook. You don't need a long webinar to sell a, a $15 course. All you need is a description of what it is and how it's valuable. But we went from the awareness stage. So let's imagine that somebody finds you on social media. Whatever it is that you do, whatever change that you offer, they become aware that you exist. And they go from the awareness stage to the interest stage. Now, sometimes this can happen immediately. Sometimes this happens over a little bit of time. But you want to be able to give them some kind of information that continues them in that that cycle of interest. Some people use email nurturing campaigns. Some people use blog posts. I like to use a variety of things. I've experimented with blogging. I've experimented with webinars, lead magnets, all of that. But the goal here is to encourage the person to move closer to a purchase decision. We want them to buy from you, which brings us to stage number three, which is the consideration stage. At this stage, the prospects looked at the different options. They've compared the various solutions. They have a clearer understanding of what their needs are, and they're actively considering buying from you. They're actively considering buying your product or your service. Here, the focus is on showcasing what makes you unique. As I said, when I sell a lot of my services over the phone, people contact me, and I have the website and different things set up to do that kind of selling. I'm not talking about my Jim Galliano site, but I'm going to... All right, let me not get off track here. Let me get back to, let me get back to this. Um, the focus is on showcasing what makes you unique. The focus here when people are considering you is to address any objections and to let that person know that you understand them on a level that probably very few people will. If necessary, you provide social proof through testimonials or case studies. Maybe you give a personalized demo of some kind. I like making short videos, showing people what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, why we're going to do it, keep it within 10 minutes and send it to the prospect. Nobody does that. Now, there's a lot of ways to do all of this, but what we're doing here is we're recognizing that people are considering buying from you, and we want to make sure that you do what's ever possible, whatever's in your power to make you the obvious choice here because the next stage is the decision stage. And in the decision stage, they're ready to make a purchase. They've narrowed down their options. They're looking for the best fit and you've done everything you can to make sure. Now, whether it's live communication, information that's downloadable, watchable, readable on your website, everything's designed here to make you appear to be the person that's the best fit for them. So, when we come to the decision stage and people are talking about price and that kind of thing, it's crucial to be very clear and transparent on your pricing, what the person's going to get, detailed information, your policies, all of that. Sometimes you can do things like offer a discount. Normally you would charge a certain amount of money for this type of product, but being there a new client or first time buyer, if you're going to automate the process, you may have a limited time promotion. 
you can have some kind of compelling guarantee to help nudge that person forward a little bit more. But the goal here is to facilitate a nice, smooth, confident purchase decision. And then finally, we go to the action stage. Now, I'm talking about this in this podcast episode, and it's taken me some time to go through these five different stages from interest to consideration to decision to action. But recognize that sometimes this can happen in just you know, like the, just a moment in time. Somebody goes from one right to the other because they're thinking about it a lot. And this happens sometimes faster than you think even with high ticket purchases because the person has been dwelling on it sometimes for months before they go ahead and they pull the trigger. But the action stage, of course, is when the prospect takes the desired action. They make a purchase from you. They sign up for a su- subscription with you. They request a quote from you and they put a down payment with you. Whatever it is they do, they make the purchase, and there you have it. You have the whole buyer journey mapped out. But when we look at what you have online right now, you have to ask yourself, is there a buyer journey? Is there a sales funnel actually there to do those things? Now, I'm not saying that you have to be, you have to mull over every single point of this, like it's a, like each step is a science within itself. I'm saying that this can be simplified, But just understanding this process on paper, because we've been through it before. Every single one of us have been buyers. We know instinctively how we respond to offers that we see, but sometimes we don't turn it around when it comes to our own business and put ourselves in the other person's shoes. Somebody comes across your website and what do they see? Are they seeing something that's gonna take them through this kind of a process or is it just a bunch of stuff on the site? Right? Is there a way that you can improve how you lead people through the buyer journey that comes to your site? Is there a way that you can improve your sales funnel? Again, I'm using buyer journeys, sales funnels. All of these things I'm using, um, I mean, it could be, it's, they're just labels. They're all basically describing the same thing. But understanding how it works, it allows us to go back and look at what we have. And we can identify maybe some of the needs and behaviors of the people that come to us that we haven't addressed before or that we've glossed over before. There could be things that are missing in the systems that we have set up. So by aligning ourselves with the people that come to the site, by putting ourselves in their shoes, we can create a more compelling offer. We can create a more compelling sales journey and we can improve our sales. You know, it doesn't really take a lot sometimes, especially if you have something that people want. Now, if you don't have something that people want, then recognize this, you're still gonna need this process when you find that new product or service or when you tweak your product or service or update it for 2023, whatever the issue happens to be. Okay, let me quickly talk about eight different kinds of funnels and quickly the pros and cons of each one, then I'll give you some examples that you can go and check out for yourself. First is a lead generation funnel, next is a tripwire, number three is the webinar funnel, next is a product launch funnel, After that is the membership funnel, followed by number six, the sales letter funnel. Now we can also call these the sales letter journey instead of funnel if you want to put that in there. Next is the high ticket funnel, and then finally the e-commerce one. Okay, the lead generation funnel. Let's just talk about the pros and cons of each of these. The pros for lead generation funnel is it's effective for building an email list and expanding your customer base. It provides you with opportunities to do things like lead nurturing, establishing relationships with your prospects and all of that. And it can be automated for ongoing lead generation. Those are all pros 
for a lead generation kind of funnel. The cons are the conversion rates vary as leads progress through the funnel, but I would say that's true with just about any kind of funnel. Next is it does require consistent content creation and lead nurturing efforts. I do have to say that you want to be on top of your game if you're going to focus on lead nurturing. You know what I mean by that? That means that you're trying to connect with people, much like I'm talking to you right now. I would not have hit the record button if I wasn't very close to being on top of my game. And it's one of the things that I've put effort into and practice over the years because I want to make sure that you don't feel like you're wasting your time if you read something that I've written or if you're listening to my podcast episode. And it does require a little bit of effort to do that. Next is the additional steps that may be needed to convert leads into paying customers. Those are the cons. Not too bad when it comes to a lead generation funnel. Next is the tripwire funnel. One of my friends, this is her favorite type of funnel. This is something where the person is going to make a purchase, a low price, low cost purchase immediately. And what's great about this is it helps generate immediate revenue because it's a low priced, irresistible offer. So this is this is the course that we used to sell for $100, $200 or whatever. Now you can get it for seven bucks. It does help you establish trust. But keep in mind that you've made money immediately. And next, it opens opportunities for things like upselling and cross-selling. Some people do this right in the middle. They'll offer a tripwire type of product, and then they can people can upgrade it to something else for another, I don't know, 50 bucks or something like that. The cons, it requires an effective upselling strategy. So you do have to think it through. Next, it may attract what you might call the price-sensitive kind of customer that are less likely to make additional purchases low-end buyers. And next after that, it does focus on immediate conversions rather than the long-term customer relationships. I know a lot of times where I've been on the receiving end of a lead nurturing type of campaign, and I've really enjoyed it. I enjoy reading the emails. They're well-written, well-thought-out. And I know what it's like to be on a tripwire type of offer where the person who I really don't know, maybe I haven't even read their ebook, their $7 ebook. I'm just using that as an example or test-driven that low-end product or look through it. Maybe it's a template of some kind. I haven't really taken the time. And then the next thing you know, they're back in my inbox wanting to show me something else. And then I soon become overwhelmed because it's too much too fast. Okay, next is the webinar funnel. I love webinars. I love putting them together because webinars provide a platform where you can educate people, you can engage with prospects, If you're doing it live, you've got that live interaction component in there with things like Q&A and demonstrations. Well, you can demonstrate it whether it's live or not, but it can be repurposed as ongoing on-demand content and automate your lead generation. So those are all things I enjoy about having a webinar funnel. But the cons, it does require significant planning and preparation to put the initial webinar together. Next, the attendance rates vary, especially right now where people aren't willing to maybe put in a lot of time to listen to anything more than a five or 10 minute video. And then finally, the other con to it is the follow-up strategies are crucial because you want to convert those webinar attendees into paying customers. Next is a product launch funnel. The pros of this is that you're creating buzz and excitement around a new product or service before it's even launched. Next, it allows for time-limited offers and scarcity. Those are all tactics that are used to drive sales. In other words, the product may be only available for a week, and so you have to get in, and everyone's talking about it, and there's affiliates for it, 
And I've been involved in these kind of launches a few times. It provides opportunities to gather customer feedback and testimonials when you're in that launch time. People who are new users of the product are usually excited about it. On the con side, it does require a lot of planning and coordination to have a successful launch can be exhausting, especially on the day of the launch, and it can result in a sales spike followed by a complete drop-off in sales after the launch period. Usually something disappears, it'll be there, it's taken off the market, and then it comes back again. But a lot of times there's like no follow-up. People either buy on the launch or that's it. Reminds me kind of like of what we see on AppSumo. For example, for those of you who like to buy software for a lifetime deal, there's a bunch of hype in the beginning and everything is launched. And then suddenly after that, we don't really see much happening with the products. Some of them die completely. Uh, membership funnels, the pros. Memberships generate recurring revenue. Who doesn't want that through a subscription-based model? They have that sense of exclusivity and community among the members on the inside, especially if you have a very active membership. And next, they offer opportunities for things like upselling because the people are already there and cross-selling inside the membership. The cons of the membership funnel, of course, are you have to continuously deliver valuable content or benefits or else the members aren't going to stay around for long. They're not going to hang out for that long. There is a churn right there. Members may cancel their subscriptions and that may impact your revenue projections. And next, you know, building a strong community also requires additional resources and a time investment on your part. So number six, sales letter funnel. Focusing on persuasive copywriting can really drive conversions. That's what the sales letter funnel is all about. You can provide a comprehensive, and we're talking about long form sales letters now. You can provide a comprehensive presentation of the product features and benefits. You just go right on down the line, build a strong case, almost like the, a lawyer would for selling that product. It can be used in various marketing channels, sell like sales pages, or a sequence of emails. On the con side, yes, it relies heavily on effective copywriting skills. In the past, this was a big deal, but I think with AI today and services like ChatGPT, we can get around that issue of being weak in areas of copywriting. Long form sales letters may not resonate with all audiences. Not everyone is going to be attracted to that kind of sales presentation. I grew up with long form sales letters, so I'm used to skimming them, but some of the younger generation may just see all this copy and they just tune it out. For them, maybe something like the long form sales letter would be better put in video form. And next, it has a limited interactivity compared to other types of funnels. In other words, the copy is there, that's it. It's either gonna do its job or it's not. There's not like that interaction that you have with maybe other types of marketing, like webinars, for example, where there's communication between the product creator and the audience. And then finally, high ticket funnels. The pros, of course, you're going to be targeting people that are willing to invest in high price products or services. And every sale makes a difference when you have a high ticket funnel. That's what I love about them. It also allows for uh, personalized interactions and relationship building. It's the real thing. I know for the high ticket services that I sell, all my customers know me, I know them, I know exactly where they are in their businesses as relative to the online part of it. 
And so, yeah, you can get a substantial amount of revenue per customer. Now, the cons of the high ticket funnel is that it requires additional resources and it requires a time investment to do these personalized interactions. Next is the conversion rate may be lower because it is a higher price point and it may require a more extensive sales process and customer support to keep it effective. Actually, there's one more I want to mention. That's the e-commerce funnel. What's great about this is it streamlines, it streamlines the whole purchase process for online customers. A great example of an e-commerce funnel would be Amazon. They give you opportunity after opportunity for upselling and cross-selling, repeat purchases. You know it as well as I do if you ever purchased from Amazon before exactly what it's like. And they have all kinds of data collection and remarketing efforts. If you have an e-commerce business, you can do the same thing with your products and services. On the con side, there is intense competition in the e-commerce space. And so that will definitely have an impact on things like conversion rates. It requires continuous optimization of what we might call the user experience and the checkout process to make it more and more effective. And next, it's highly dependent on effective product presentation and competitive pricing. You have to have good images, good copy. Everything has to be very tight. So these are eight basic types of funnels that you may consider for your own business. Before you pick one though, it might be to your advantage to go ahead and check out what these look like with websites that are actually using them. So before we wrap this up today, I'm going to give you several URLs, examples of each type of funnel, or we may call it buyer journey in action. So if you go to HubSpot.com, you'll see a perfect example of the basic lead generation funnel that's there. HubSpot, let me check it out. Here we go. HubSpot, they have a simple headline. It says, grow better with HubSpot. Now, you might look at that and say, well, that's a terrible headline. Well, HubSpot's been around for a while, so they're maybe not relying as much on their headline as a new business owner would or a small business would. But let me just read this to you. It says, grow better with HubSpot. And then beneath there, there's two sentences. Software that's powerful, not overpowering, seamlessly connect your data teams and customers on one CRM platform that grows with your business. And then there's two buttons that you can click the get a demo or get started free. And the same two calls to action are available up in the menu section. So that's it. It's very simple, very straightforward. And it may even be surprising as you check some of these out for yourself, just the simplicity with which these are set up. Okay, so that's one example of the lead generation funnel. Digital Marketer is another one. Currently, if you go to digitalmarketer.com, you'll see they have a free downloadable guide. It's a one-page PDF. That's all it is, and I believe it shows the buyer journey. I think that's the current download they have available there. Next is a tripwire funnel. A great example of this would be Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y, udemy.com where you go to the site and you see plenty of examples of courses, very reasonably priced, I think $9.95 or $12.95. I think they raised their prices recently to around $12.95. Every once in a while, they're even lower than that. And so they're discounting these online courses as the offer to get you in the door. And then, of course, they have regularly priced courses, $50, $100. Honestly, I think most people just wait until they run their specials because they run them so often. That's an example of a tripwire funnel. Blue Apron, which is a foodie type of website, they offer a discount meal kit. 
for people that are strapped for time but they want to have a decent dinner. They have meal kits that are available at discount, very low price for first-time buyers. That's an example of a tripwire. Uh, let's see, webinar funnels. Click funnels, you're all familiar probably with that. If not, click funnels is a landing page system. You can create sales funnels, membership sites, and all of that with click funnels. And usually they use webinars to educate people about how they can do all of these different things if they subscribe to click funnels and use their system. Digital marketer is another example of that. Of course, they teach all kinds of digital marketing there. They're primarily focused these days on people that want to pursue digital marketing as a career. They offer certifications and things like that. If you want to become a CMO or a chief marketing officer in a company, Digital Marketer is structured to help you do that or pursue that field. Next, number four, is the product launch funnel. Apple is a great example of a company does product launches right. They build anticipation. They have these teaser campaigns, they have pre-order options, all of these things that are designed to get the marketplace excited about an upcoming product release. They are probably the best example of a product launch funnel that's out there today. Let's see here, GamingCompany.com. Yes, Gaming Company, if you're a gamer, you know that when new games are about to be released, they also come with these trailers. It's almost like a new movie being released where they give you these teasers about what the movie's about. GamingCompany.com does the same thing with games. They try to build anticipation for a new video game before it's released. They also offer the pre-order options, limited edition bundles, things of that nature. The membership funnel. Or we can, as we said, the buyer journey, the membership journey. What does that look like? Patreon.com is a great example of that. And another great example, it just occurred to me, is Netflix and all of the streaming companies. You buy a membership and you can watch as many or as few movies as you would like. And so that has become probably one of the most popular models today. Now, one of the things you have to remember is, of course, originally Netflix... All of the content Netflix was produced by someone else. Netflix didn't originally produce their own movies. They just added movies to their catalog that other movie makers like Universal and Disney and Paramount and all of those people, before they broke off into their own streaming services, all of those movies were available on Netflix. So if you visit any streaming service, you can get a good idea about how they're utilizing this membership funnel for themselves. Next is the sales letter funnel, thesalesletter.com. That's thesalesletter.com demonstrates this to a T. They have the long form sales letter funnel with the long persuasive long form sales copy that's used to promote and sell specific product or service. Another example of the long form sales letter or the long form sales letter funnel would be the website awai.com. That's awai.com. That's the American Writers and Artists Incorporated. They are probably one of the biggest organizations of their kind in the world. A friend of mine went there to learn copywriting about five years ago. And after he went through their basic courses, he came out the other end and decided to focus on writing copy for SaaS companies. And so they, they have an excellent program there, but they do use the long form sales copy to sell it. Next is the high-ticket funnel. TonyRobbins.com is a great example of someone offering high-ticket coaching programs, 
including things like one-on-one sessions, live events, exclusive resources, and finally the e-commerce funnel. Amazon is the king of kings when it comes to that, right? Everybody knows who Amazon is. You've been through their funnel before. You know how it works, where you have all of these additional suggestions for you to personalize your shopping experience. They recommend, they upsell, they cross-sell to maximize the value they get from each and every sale. And Shopify would be another good example of that because Shopify enables businesses to set up e-commerce funnels through their platform and it lets you create an entire store, manage inventory, optimize their customer shopping journey. They can do all of those things through Shopify.com. So those are examples that you may want to, again, go over and look at. And I did that in preparing to put this podcast together today. And one of the things that shocked me is the simplicity of which the the visuals, as far as the funnels go, look on the front end. In other words, there's not the crowding, the long form sales that are aside. And I'm not saying that it's outdated. It still does work because people are still people. So the psychology behind the sales letter will still work. However, an increasingly visual time that we're in I noticed that the, and it could have something to do with the attention spans of people who find it easier to digest information in smaller chunks and are easily overwhelmed, much easier than maybe in the past. And I think that's true for each of us. I think that because of the way the society has changed over the years, I think the reason why we see the layouts as far as sales funnels and buyer journeys go being so simplified Now, maybe the technical side isn't really quite that simple on the back end. Just to throw this in there, you could put this entire thing together using WordPress and some plugins. You really don't need anything fancy. All you have to do is understand the blueprint of it. Matter of fact, if you want, you can go to any of these sites in this example that I've given you here at the end and sign up and go through the process yourself and see what happens and what happens next and what type of emails they send you, the tone of the emails. You can do all of that and get an even better idea about how to structure your own uh, sales funnel buyer journey set up for your own website. And by doing that, a combination of study plus real life examples, I think that that combination could probably help you more than anything else. So, all right, we went a little bit over today, but I hope you found this information helpful for yourself. So if you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead, share it with a friend, share the episode link with them, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or wherever else you happen to be. Or you can send them to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. I believe a hundred of the back episodes are available there. I know with this new podcast host that I have, they no longer have the, I don't even know how many episodes I have, but it goes all the way back to 2017, July So probably around 300 or something like that. I'm going to provide a link where if you want to go all the way back and listen from episode number one, a few people express interest in doing that. So I appreciate that. If you enjoy the podcast that much, if it helps you that much, uh, thanks for letting me know those of you who did. But that's all for today. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you later. 